Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Welcome back to Dwayne's World. Always great to have so many of your calls and your texts come through. We'll head back to your calls. I'll read out a few of your texts very shortly. But the NBA season, well, it's, it's begun. So let's talk to the main man, Chris Anstey, Australian basketball royalty, former NBA, former NBL star. has been good enough to give us some of his time. Welcome to you, Chris. Great to have you on. Thanks, Dwayne. No, no it's, it's nice to have the NBA back. The NBL's in full swing. And it's, for us in the basketball world, it's a fun time of year. It is, and a few people kind of, well, maybe it's it's crept up on them, given that in the US they're kind of in the middle of the Baseball World Series is about to begin. We're down to four teams now after what happened earlier today with uh, the Yankees winning. But we'll talk some NBA with you. It's rare that I get you on at the start of the season to preview the NBA season and say the Lakers can't win it. But according to everybody, the Lakers can't <laughs> win it, Chris, unless they change things mid-season. Yeah, they'll change things, but I still don't think they can win it. I don't think they've got enough assets that are going to be really valuable uh, to another team. You know, all signs have for a long time pointed to a trade with Indiana um, and getting especially Miles Turner in uh, and Buddy Heald. We'll, we'll see if they're able to get rid of Russell Westbrook, but it's going to be an interesting watch, but no, I think they're a long way off the pace this year. How's LeBron going to cope? I, I, I don't know how LeBron goes. I mean, He's been one of the greatest players in the league for a long time. And, you know, age gets a hold of everyone at some stage. He's still in incredible condition. He's, he's had longer off-seasons the last few. And you would clearly still expect him to be one of the top 10 or 15 players in the league. But you'd also expect at some stage for him to need a few additional games off over the course of the year and to not quite be as explosive as what he has been in the past. So, look... I, I still think you'll go. It sounds like you'll go around for it at least this year and another one or two to, and hopefully play with with his son Bronny. But mm. you know what? It, it, I've said this for a long time now that he's one of the greatest, and as long as he's still playing, I think those true basketball fans should just enjoy being able to watch him while they still can. Well, that's an offshoot story. Will uh, his son um, Bronny come to Australia and play NBL? Is there a, a snowflakes chance in hell that we might be able to get that one up? No, that's not going to happen. He signed a name image likeness deal, which for for me indicates that he's off to college. So I'm sure he'll do his one year of college and probably get to the NBA the following year. But I I don't think we'll see him in the in the NBL. All right, let's talk about the teams that can win it. Uh, the Bucks obviously can. Celtics coming off an amazing season last year. Golden State again. Uh, are you a Clippers or a Nets or a Suns? Or who do you like? Yeah, I mean, you can add so many. Philadelphia, Brooklyn, even if they get it together. But the interesting one for me is the Lakers' crosstown rival. The, the Clippers, it's, it's the first time they seem like they'll have a, 
a full strength roster and they've got the absolute deepest roster in the NBA and as this season goes on, you know, 82 games worth, they're best equipped in the league for mine that if they get a, a major injury that they're still going to be okay and still be able to position themselves for running in the playoffs. So having said that, Kawhi Leonard, he's hardly played the last three years since he got there and missed plenty of games. But, you know, you look at someone like the Mavericks, if Doncic is out there in trouble, Giannis out for Milwaukee, they're in trouble. I think the Clippers the best place to be able to cover either Paul George or Kawhi Leonard being out. So, look, it's it's going to be fascinating. It's such an even spread of teams that could possibly win it. I reckon there'd be up to a dozen, and to me, that makes it an exciting year. And we've got a few Aussies in the NBA, and we've got a few ex-NBL players also in the NBA, but I suppose none with a bigger upside, even though Paddy Mills is a star, and we know what a couple of our guys have been able to do on the world stage that have been fantastic. Uh, Josh Giddy, how good could he get this season, Chris? I, I love him. I mean, 10 Aussies in the NBA, just worth noting as well, that that's just something we expect mm. these days. But Josh is... I was over in the Summer League in Vegas and, and Josh, as a 19-year-old player, was he was just too good for, for the NBA Summer League, which... When you think about the players here in the NBL who do everything to get there to be seen and hopefully get an opportunity for a 19-year-old kid to just make a mockery and be so far above most other players there was just really, really impressive. Now, he's improved his jump shot, his vision, and you look at his highlights already in the preseason. His court vision and passing skills are just out of this world. He's improved his shooting. He's improved his strength. And look, he, he can be... If that jump shot can be a consistent, you know, 35% from three type shot, I mean, he's he's not that far off the way he plays the game to a guy like Luka Doncic, and he's one of the best in the game. So Josh's ceiling is incredibly high, and I think a lot is dependent on his ability to, again, shoot the basketball just a little bit better than he has so far. And no chat is complete without at least raising Ben Simmons. Uh, what do you think we're going to get from Ben? <laughs> I, I think we're going to get a Ben Simmons that's a lot more willing to play off the basketball and to facilitate, you know, open shots for very, very talented teammates. I think there's always been a lot of talk around Ben with putting him into a team where you just surround him with shooters. But some, at some level, he's got that. They just happen to be Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris, and Paddy Mills, and Seth Curry. So, look, I, I think... I'm just looking forward to seeing him on the basketball court. I see him as a playmaker in that team. I see him a little bit like the Warriors have done with Draymond Green and their small ball death lineup. I see Ben Simmons playing some of the five, some of the four this year and being really, really valuable in that spot. Now, if he can defend, you know, he's six foot ten and he's strong, so if he can defend some of those bigger bodies and break even on the defensive end, the amount of trouble he'll give. Opposition big men is just incredible. So I, I think he'll have a good season. I think it'll take him a, a little bit of time to get going. He's been out for so long, but more than anything, I know we've spoken about it on this show, Dwayne. I'm just looking forward to talking about Ben, the basketball player, and having a, having an opinion on what he does on the court, not off the court. So the MVP race, um, Dontich, uh, Embiid, uh, Giannis, uh, Kevin Durant's always in that discussion, but is there someone else that's going to jump? Stephen Curry's always in that discussion. Kawhi Leonard. Is there someone else that uh, might jump up this year? 
Yeah, I tend to think Jar Morant might be a, a real good shot of, of challenging those guys. Again, like the championship race, it's really, really open. But for me, Jar Morant's one of those guys. I know I turn the TV on uh, and, and watch Memphis Grizzlies games. He's just such an exciting player. He's his third year in the league and just a really, really dynamic scorer who does some things with the basketball and in, that, in the open court that I haven't seen in a long time. So he, he's another one to add to the list in a, in a very wide field. Talking to Australian basketball royalty, Chris Anstey talking some NBA. Chris, um, I think you're heading over there at some stage to have a look as well. You spent some time with Josh Giddy as well in the off-season. Um, and I'm curious to know what you think, how big the gap between the NBL and the NBA is compared to what that gap's always been. Yeah, look, I mean, obviously there was a bit of discussion when the Adelaide 36ers beat the Phoenix Suns in a preseason game, and it's it's historical. It's incredible that we've been able to do that as a league, or one of our teams has been able to do that. But I suppose what we were always a little bit reluctant to mention was that you know the Suns had only been together for you know less than a week. They'd, they'd rolled out and probably weren't as intense defensively as what they were even the following week in their preseason preparation. So I, I think certainly the quality of imports we're getting to the league is higher than it was over the last decade. I think that we are bridging the gap, but I mean, we've seen it. It's, it's a blessing and a curse that the higher level import we get here to Australia, the more likely we are to lose them to the NBA. So, in very much the same way as I said about appreciating LeBron James, I think when we do get those really special imports here to Australia, we need to understand that we may only have them here for a year or two and that they probably do have aspirations to go to the NBA. But I think the NBA just with, I mean, the millions and millions of dollars they play every year just can, will continue to get stronger and make sure that, you know, that gap between it and any league around the world is always evident. I'm sure you've seen fights between teammates before. I've seen it in my time, in my sport. We saw it in the AFL this year with, with Melbourne, uh, even though we didn't see footage of it. But to have the Draymond Green um, blue have actual footage that goes around the world, um, how, did you, how do you read that? It's not a good look, is it? And I, I think that one's a little bit different to a fight. I don't think Jordan Poole was really... I don't think he knew he was no. going to fight until he got hit. No. And, and, and that's probably the difference. So... Uh, look, it's, it's a really, really interesting one. It's a terrible look, but you know, probably we're only commentating on it because there was the footage and we, we now know that it happened. So, as you say, incidents happen. It's an emotionally professional sport. It's emotionally charged. And you know, I've been travelling around with Luke Longley for the last week and it, he got asked about it. And there's a lot of talk about teams being families and everyone loving everyone. And he didn't quite agree with that. He tended to think, and I tend to agree with him, that you, know, you don't have to be great friends. and You need respect, but you need to go into war with each other. And every now and again, you lose a soldier. And every now and again, you have a disagreement. But your job is to go and get a win and to go and support each other. You don't have to love each other, um, but you've got to go in the fight with each other. And that's certainly what the Warriors have done for a while. Draymond Green undoubtedly overstepped the line. Um, but it would surprise me if there wouldn't, if there hadn't have been more incidents like that with Draymond and others over the years. So the NBL, fairly open season outside of the Bullets. Uh, teams have had good wins and bad losses. Uh, the Bullets are the only ones that haven't necessarily uh, been sparkling just yet and don't look like sparkling anytime soon. 
it's, it's an interesting one. The bullets, they have to get better. And where they end up, I don't know. But it's, it's, a, it's an interesting read when you watch them. You know, the, 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 all of the talk around bringing Aaron Baines back, who for me is the most physically dominant um, big man in the league this year, yet he's floating around the three-point line. For much of the game, um, I'm not quite sure he's been utilised right just yet. Um, and we've seen enough, I think, of the, the new imports who've come in to have an understanding that you know, there'll probably be some change over the next two or three weeks. There are some who really, really impressed, and others who may not quite have been, may not quite be performing as advertised or what their clubs thought they're going to get. So, you know, a little sneaky whisper that Melbourne United make a move pretty soon, and it wouldn't surprise me if JLA is back in a United uniform sometime. Mm-hmm before Christmas, but again, just a rumour, just, you know, uh, and that would help them knowing, you know, they've battled a little bit through the start of the season. The Phoenix here in Melbourne, they just need to get a healthy roster on the floor. They're really hard to evaluate, but I suppose those teams who are struggling early probably have the, the, the luxury this year uh, of having the play-in games and, and six teams making it through to the postseason, so a little bit of relief in that, in that way. Yeah, which is why the Bullets are not completely out of it uh, if they can get their roster right. It is, it's, a, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. So it is a, a long season. Who do you think's the favourite? Sydney have come out firing and they look pretty good even though they've had a couple of roster changes. Everybody's been talking up the Adelaide 36ers. Even the Adelaide 36ers are talking up the Adelaide 36ers, Chris. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I still think Sydney remains favourite and... I'm really, really impressed with Derek Walton Jr. They're their new import point guard. Xavier Cooks is the absolute perfect complementary player and highly skilled. And and when you add DJ Vazilievich and the other import, they've just got a really, really strong team who knows how to win. Their coach has won a championship, Chase Buford, and Perth will be chasing Adelaide. Very talented, but they've still got to show that they, you know, can play together and exist together. There's only one ball in that team, and CJ Bruton's got his hands full. I would imagine, you know, getting everyone to buy into that team element, especially after that win in Phoenix. So, it's a fascinating year. Um, I think when, and again, I think when United make a move or two, I think they'll rocket right back up into championship contention again as well. And the Jesse Wagstaff suspension. How did you see that? I couldn't stand it. I really didn't like it. Um, I thought Jesse was well within his right to be there and be as close to stationary as possible and set, in my mind, a, a legal screen. And nobody ever wants to see an injury like that, especially concussion with what we know about head injuries now. But, you know, that, that, that's part of pressuring the ball full court, that if you're unaware of your surroundings, you're likely to get hurt. You've just got to be a little bit more aware and on top of that Jesse's immediate defender had to be a little bit more vocal just to let him know that he was there so it's an unfortunate injury but for me I'm, I'm really really disappointed that you know that screen resulted in a, well, in a sanction let alone a suspension so yeah a, a tricky one. It is a tricky one because every sport is facing it Chris it's not just basketball this is a football thing this is just about every sport in the world when players are doing something they've always done always been allowed to do. There's no specific rule change over the off-season to tell them they can't do that anymore. But when we get a concussion and a head injury, it seems as if um, there's a jump from the governing body. 
Yeah, it does. And look, I, I think what often happens is there's a, an overcorrection to begin with, and then we revert back to somewhere where it probably should end up. So I, I tend to think that this one with Jesse is an overreaction. Um, you know, we want to make sure that there's a duty of care for however we do it, the player guarding the ball full court. And, you know, Australia is one of the only leagues in the world we see that full court pressure. We don't see that in the NBA until playoffs turn around or turn up. We don't see that in Europe. As often, it's, it's you know, almost indigenous to Australian basketball, that full court pressure over the duration of the game. And, I, I, again, I think there needs to be greater responsibility by the ball pressuring defender as well as just ensuring that anyone that does step up and set a screen in the backcourt is careful and you know, does all they can to make sure that it's an effective screen without injuring, of course. Yeah, so do we expect the... Has the NBA put out a memo? Do you know whether there's a... Or is what's happened um, a memo enough to all the players around the league? No, look, I, I think the suspension is memo enough and I, I think with everyone I've spoken to, there's very, very few people who agree with the suspension. We, we all to a person sympathize uh, with the injury, but you know, let's hope that it is a, a standalone injury. It's not, it's certainly not something we've seen in the past. And I can give a lot of big step up screens that have been good screens and haven't resulted in a head injury. So I'd hope that we wouldn't change the rules for one incident. Um, I hope we can keep some sort of perspective and understand that it's an important part of the game. And again, it was a very unfortunate incident. Chris, great to have you. I really appreciate the extended chat. Can't wait uh, to, to talk again. And I can't wait to talk to you in the lead up to what's going to be a pretty big summer of basketball in Australia with game on Christmas Day, etc. I think it's going to get more and more traction because people are realising how good the NBL is to watch right now. We'll talk soon. Can't wait. Thanks. Chris Anstey joining us, one of our all-time greats. Keep your text coming through on the 40 Winks Temper text, 0433981116 for Temper, T-E-M-P-U-R, mattresses and pillows like no other. You can check out the Temper range online and get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 Winks, serious about sleep. Back after the break. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.